book of the Revelation, chapter 21. And I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. You know, you can realize why John put that in there, no more sea. He was surrounded on the Isle of Patmos. And he said one of these days it's going to be done away. You see, put him out there to die and to get rid of him. He said one of these days, no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now what's this? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. You know, that would be a wonderful time when God takes out his great big handkerchief and wipes away all of the tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the throne said behold I make all things new and he said unto me right for these things are true and faithful the 22nd chapter And he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river there was a tree of life which bare twelve manner fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no more night. There shall be no night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Our heavenly home. Our heavenly home. Heaven is as real and a reality this morning as earth. The Bible tells us about that home that's ours up yonder. We may not have a home down here, but over there we have a home. You see, God has prepared a place for his people and they shall go to that place. Heaven exceeds all of this sin-cursed world. I couldn't describe it this morning rather than use the words of the Apostle Paul. He said, it'd be far better for me if I departed. He said, I'd like to stay with you at Philippi and preach to you, but he said, it'd be far better if I went on to be with the Lord. As long as the Lord lets us stay here, Paul said, we're to tell the story so others 
others who are going out into eternity make it ready to meet God and this place that's prepared for prepared people. The only information we have about heaven is in the Bible. That's the only information we have. <clears throat> when the spacemen went up, especially those from Russia, they looked around all up in space and they said, there's no God up here. They didn't see any God. Why, if he had just opened the door and stepped out, it wouldn't have been long. <laughs> he even saw him, you see. You know, it was something when the Americans announced on that uh, Christmas, nearing Christmas. You remember that? When they read the word of God from the outer space. It was. The Bible does tell us some things about heaven. Not everything, but some things. Some of our questions will never be answered till we meet the Lord in the by and by. He'll answer some then. But he has answered some now. Where is heaven? The Bible says that heaven is up. I want you to look at Acts chapter 1. Here you have the ascension of the Lord Jesus. He's fixing to go away and leave his disciples. And the Bible says that he went up from them. He received by a cloud and went up from them. In verse 9, he'd given them the great commission. Verse 8, verse 9, Acts 1. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, where is heaven? It's up. In the Old Testament time, there were two compartments of paradise, and they were side by side. When somebody died in the Lord, they went down to that side, and when somebody died uh, outside of the Lord, they went down on this side, hell. And there was it was separated by a gulf in between. But since the resurrection, <clears throat> paradise is said to be up. As you began to read, uh, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, heaven's always always referred to as being up. It's up. So, <clears throat> when we die, we are going up. We're going up to be with the Lord. In the book of the Psalms, in chapter 48, chapter 48 of the book of the Psalms, <clears throat> while you're turning, we'll be talking, when God gave instruction to Moses concerning the altar, 
and where the blood was to be placed. It was to be poured on the north side of the altar. God had a specific place for the blood to be poured, and that was on the north side of the altar. In verse 2, chapter 48, of the book of the beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. This is referring to the place where God is now. Where God is now. Uh, men who study the heavens will tell you that in the north there is a blank space. In the north, a blank space. And from any point on the face of the earth, the only direction that is always up is north. So you ask me where God is. He's up north. <laughs> He's up. He's up there. And <clears throat> we use that same type of phrases. We say up north, down south. Wherever you go, that's the terms that are used. And what they mean is that they're pointing to the north star as a starting place. But stretched out over the heavens is an empty space in the north. Where is heaven? Heaven is where Jesus is. He said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Heaven is where Jesus is. You know, that will be heaven, just to be where he is. And he said, when you die, you're going up to be with him. You're going up to be with him where he is. He's at the Father's right hand, seated at the Father's right hand. There was a time when he stood up, if you'll turn over to Acts chapter 7, <clears throat> he said to be seated at the Father's right hand, but on this particular occasion he stood up. Acts 7, the testimony of Stephen, the first Christian martyr has been given. <clears throat> and it says, after he got through preaching to that group of the synagogue, verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him, on him with their teeth. Now think of that. And he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Jesus stood up to receive this first martyr that was coming to glory. And said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord, cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses lay down their, their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. By the way, 
Saul, who later became Paul, now never got away from the testimony of Stephen. He listened to this man's testimony. It stuck in his heart. Here's a man dying as they begin to pound the rocks on his head. And it says in verse 59, They stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, fell asleep, he died. They killed him. But he prayed for them on his knees. And this led to the conversion of the Apostle Paul. Don't you know that stuck with him? To see a man down to the very edge of death. And death itself. But Jesus stood up <clears throat> to receive this martyr. Where is heaven? It's up. It's where Jesus is. Third thing, it's where the saved go at death. It's where they go at death. Jesus receives us at death. It's expressed many ways by Christians and especially songwriters crossing over the river Jordan. Uh, these are expressions that's used as we uh, depart this life. But what they mean by it is that we go to meet the Lord immediately at death. That brings us to the second question. Not only where is heaven, but when do we go to heaven? When? Second Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 5 answers the question, when? When does a believer go to heaven? <clears throat> Verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, if it's done away, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with a house our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, or in this body, do groan, being burdened. Not for that we should be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. He that hath wrought us the selfsame thing is God, who also has given us the earnest of the Spirit, the down payment, pledge of the Spirit. Therefore, now watch this, we're always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now what's he saying? He's saying the moment that a believer dies, that very moment they go immediately into the presence of the Lord. When do we go to heaven? When we die, immediately. We go into the presence of God, immediately at death. Now it's very important that you get that straight because all of the cults come along and they tell you you do not have a soul. And uh, 
that the spirit is still in the grave and all this kind of stuff. Uh, we know <clears throat> that the soul goes immediately to be with the Lord a moment of death. And then, of course, the grave gets the body until the resurrection. The grave gets on the body and only until the resurrection. The Bible knows nothing of purgatory. You can't find that in the scriptures. No purgatory. What is purgatory? It's a place invented where folks say you're not good enough for heaven and you're not bad enough for hell, so you go in between here. No, the Bible didn't teach you anything like that. The Bible says you either go immediately to be with the Lord or you go into hell. Just only two places. Not three. Two. Heaven or hell. Then how about judgment? If you go to heaven when you die, what's the use of it? Why have a judgment? Because all the returns are not in. You see, when you die, all the returns of your life is not in. For an example, old Hitler and his wickedness went on and is still going on even right now. And all the returns and all of his influence and all of his life, all that will be in by the time he's raised to come up before God, body and soul. Men sin in body and soul, therefore they must be punished in body and soul. I guarantee you if Hitler could gather up all of his, that he put into motion, now he'd do it. He'd do it quickly. But he can't do it now, you see. <clears throat> so, the judgment is waits until all of the dividends have come in. There's a third question. Will we know our loved ones over there? Will we know one another over there? Well... Yes, we'll know one another over there. The Bible says that we shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now think of that. We won't have to be introduced to them. We'll know them. Is everybody warm enough in here? This heat rises and it's getting up here where I am. Peter really putting out. <clears throat> David, you remember David in the Old Testament? And he lost his little baby that was born to the union that came about because of sin. And the little baby was taken from him. The Bible says that David kept praying <clears throat> for the baby until the baby died, as you read it in First uh, Samuel, Second Samuel, the account of David. And as soon as the baby died, the Bible tells you what David did. He went, got cleaned up, put on perfume. Several days he hadn't washed or anything. 
He went up to the house of God and worshipped. This is what he said. He said, I can't bring the baby back, but I can go to be with it. See? So, he was expecting to know that baby in eternity. And we will have more sense then we got now and we'll recognize one another over there. Don't you know it'll be something to see and to recognize uh, the biblical characters as we get over there in heaven itself. Be a great homecoming. Great homecoming day over there. It really will. Will we know our loved ones? Yes. Yes. And then the fourth question. What will we do in heaven? Go back to the book of the Revelation again. Chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 15. The first thing we'll do is serve the Lord. 7.15 Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. These are believers that are saved out of the tribulation period. But they are believers. And so are we. And so, one of the things we'll do in heaven is serve the Lord. Serve him. Heaven's not an idle place. Somebody said when you get to heaven, you'll do nothing. You'll just uh, you pull off your shoes and put your feet over in the river of life and just do nothing forever. Why, that wouldn't be heaven. That would be hell. That's uselessness. No, we'll be busy over there. Busy serving the Lord. We'll know what it is to live and to be happy and have real joy in serving him. Many things here interrupt our service for the Lord. And not over there. It'd be an eternal service for him. Eternal service. Chapter 19 of this same book. And verse 6. Chapter 19 and verse 6. And they heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, as the voice of many thunders, saying, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And then... Chapter 5 of the same book. And they sang a new song, verse 9, 
verse 9, and they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and people, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. The song that we'll sing will be about the blood of Jesus Christ. But we'll be singing in heaven. Don't you know that'll be some great choir as we join together in singing over there. And even even I can join in, you know, there and sing. John Bunyan said <clears throat> that as he got near to heaven, he dreamed that and this is a man who wrote Pure Progress. As he got near to the city, he could hear the singing. And he said, <clears throat> I got close enough and I saw the great choir. <coughs> Think of a host of believers who have died and gone on. And they're all they're singing one song, Song of the Blood. He says, I got near... Lo and behold, he said, a seat was reserved for me in that choir. Reserved for him. There'll be one reserved for you. If you know the Lord this morning. Over there. And believers <clears throat> that have gone to be with the Lord, raising their voices in unison concerning the blood. There's something about a congregation singing about the Lord that'll do something to you. It really will. When they really are singing and praising the Lord as they do it. What will we do in heaven? Serve. One thing we'll do is sing. <clears throat> chapter 19 and verse 7. The verse that we read, verse 6, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Here is praise. This is one thing we'll be doing in heaven, is praising the Lord. Praising him. <coughs> We'll be glad and rejoice. People will be happy over there. Happy. And it'll be, a, it'll be a great time of praise being raised to the one who sits upon the throne. Here's another question. <clears throat> who will be in heaven? Who will be in heaven? Those that have had the blood applied to their hearts. Those that have had the blood applied to their hearts. And those who have on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You see, this is applied to us as we receive the Lord Jesus as personal Savior. It's applied to our hearts and lives. <clears throat> and then those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Think about that book of life. 
and the names that are written there. You sing about it sometimes, but there is a book of life, the names written in it. We asked you, is your name written there? On its pages, bright and clear, is your name written there? What kind of place is heaven? It's a place described like God described it, and we tried to read it to you out of Revelation chapter 21 and 22. And I'd encourage you to read those whole chapters in your devotion. Streets of gold, gates of pearl, no sin, no curse, no night, no crying, nothing to break the heart over that. Think about it. God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. It's the home of the redeemed. Not only is it exactly as God described it, but it's a literal place. It's a literal place. Third thing, it's home. It's home. It's home of the redeemed. You can go anywhere in the world, but there's no place like home. When you get ready, you're tired, you come in, there's no place like home. And getting back home, you see. John Howard Payne uh, touched the deepest chords in the human heart when he wrote those words, there's no place like home. Be it ever so humble, no place like home. And the thing that's strange is this. With all the description I've tried to give you this morning, Here's a strange thing. People don't want to go. I run across people who do not want to go to heaven. They don't want the Lord Jesus in their hearts and in their lives. But I want to go. The first place I want to be delivered from this whole world. Second, I want to be delivered from the sinful body. Third, I want to see Jesus. And fourth, I want to see those who've gone on before. And five, I want a promise reward. Men get titles here, you know. DD and LLD and BD and all this stuff. Listen, the title I want is WD. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the one I'm looking for. In one of our eastern cities, there was a man who'd been kind of rough, but God had saved him. He was an engineer. Back in those days, the trains went everywhere. We don't see as many of them as we used to especially down south. He was giving his testimony before a group of men. And he said, when I was making my runs, he said, my mother and father lived just 
below my house. I had to pass, had to pass them as I was making my run. Just beyond their house was a tunnel. And he said as they lived upon a high hill there in the mountains. He said every evening when I was coming near their place, he said I'd, I'd let down on the whistle, make a blast. And he said that old man and old woman was out there on the side of that hill. And he said when I would see them, wave at them, I'd hit that tunnel and go through it. And he said, I was on my way home. I was soon to be home. He said the mother would look at Dad and say, Benny is safe home tonight. He said the day came when we carried Mother out to the grave and put her away in death. And he said, I, as I neared the way home, I'd look up there on that hill. And he said, it was just one up there to greet me. He said, Dad was up there. And he said, when I hit that tunnel and going home, he said, I knew what he was saying to himself. Benny is safe home tonight. But he said, the day came when we had to take Dad out and put him away. But he said, men, when I come to the last run of this life, and I made my last run, he said, when I near heaven's gates, there's going to be an old man, old woman up there, waiting. And when I sweep through the gates, they're going to say, Benny is safe home. Benny is safe home. My father's rich in houses and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. Of rubies and diamonds, of silver and gold. His coffers are full, he has riches untold. I once was an outcast, strange on earth, a sinner by choice and an alien by birth. But I've been adopted. My name is written down. I'm an heir to a mansion, a robe, and a crown. A stand. Mm-hmm. <coughs>